Hello, and welcome to the AgriFood Safety Produce Bites podcast, where we discuss all things produce safety and dive into the rules and regulations surrounding the Food Safety Modernization Act Produce Safety Rule. I am Micah Hutchison. I am the Produce Safety Technician at the Genesee Conservation District located in the greater Flint, Michigan area. And I work with growers on the on-farm implementation of the FSMA Produce Safety Rule. And I'm Landon Tiedel. I'm the Produce Safety Technician in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. I'm based out of the Marquette County Conservation District, and I service the whole UP, uh, doing the same thing Micah does, working with growers on farm to look at what kinds of food safety things they already have going on and ways we can maybe improve. All right. So Landon, to you, what is a food contact surface? I mean, I think when we... When we think about the term food contact surface, it's pretty straightforward. It's anything that touches food, right? Um, I think that sometimes it can trick people on farm when we're talking about food contact surfaces because um, almost always they forget to mention their hands as a food contact surface. Um, and so that's kind of like a, a, a gotcha But other than that, I think it's pretty straightforward. Anything you're going to use to touch produce is a food contact surface. I agree, Landon. Anything that touches food is a food contact surface. And definitely hands are a gotcha. They are maybe the thing that most consistently touches fresh produce. But when I first started this role, I never thought of hands as being a food contact surface. I thought it was something more traditional like a table or a harvest container. Yeah, hands are one of the most common and also maybe one of the dirtiest. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) they're definitely dirty. Um, Thinking about how many times our hands touch our phone. Or our faces or our hair or like our dogs. So many things. So many. And then you add a farm into the mix and you're like, your hands are in the dirt. You know, maybe you're using soil amendments that uh, are from animal origin. So you're working with compost or manure, which makes it a whole new level of dirty and just like regular farm dirt. Yeah, I definitely think of like working with chickens or chicken litter and how that can, if not like proper hand washing, that can definitely affect your hands like as that food contact surface. Yeah. Or mixed use farms that like they have livestock and produce on the same farm and you're going back and forth and doing chores for both. Not only is that a risk, uh, you know, making your hands dirty, but that also you know, there's a risk of carrying contaminants with your boots going cross forth too. But we're di- digressing, I think, from the food contact surfaces there. It's so easy to get off track when talking about on-farm food safety uh, because everything so affects everything else. Do you want to talk about how we rank the different zones of food contact surfaces? So there are four zones. They're kind of ranked in how closely they impact directly impact produce safety with zone one being the one that has the most contact or direct contact with produce zone two is outside of zone one it would be for example like a switch an on and off switch on a washer which may not contact food contact surfaces itself but can contribute to the contamination of zone one say if 
there is contamination on that on and off switch and your zone one hands touch that contamination and then can spread it to produce. Zone three is the area kind of around a packing area. That's how I think of it. So the walls, the floors, the ceilings. And then zone four is outside of the packing area that can have some impact on produce safety. Landon, how do you see the four zones? Yeah, I I completely agree with how you described it. So zone one are the things that directly touch food, of course. And then zone two is, it's like one step out, but it's still the uh, the zone that's most likely to affect zone one or infect if in the case of germs. Um, and then zone three would be one step further. So it's not quite as likely as zone two to contaminate a zone one, but it's still possible. And then zone four is a is just the next step out. Um, Micah, will you go down a rabbit hole with me for a second? Every day. So I want to, while we're on the topic of zones, I wanted to, you mentioned in zone three, you consider things like floors and ceilings. And I want to, I want us to talk about the scenario in which ceilings become a zone one. Ceilings become a zone one. Yes. I've heard of dancing on the ceiling. I've never heard of putting (laughs) produce on the ceiling. Well, no, we're not putting produce on the ceiling, but we're talking about um, condensation turning the ceiling into a zone one food contact surface because any dirt that's on that ceiling when the water collects and forms it's it's acting as a vector for any dirt or bacteria that's on the ceiling and dripping onto produce if it's allowed to drip onto produce your ceiling's now a zone one that's a great thing to go down a rabbit hole for it landon (laughs) um so what do you propose as like the best way to to encourage growers to think of that as your ceiling being a zone one. Well, I think that usually growers don't think of it as as that being a possibility until I say that out loud, and then it, the light bulb turns on, and it's like, oh yeah, you're right. This is a thing. Um, and so I, the way I see it, and maybe you've got more insight or other options. The but the way I see it is that farmers have two options. If they know they have a condensation problem, they can either clean their ceiling so it's adequately cleaned and sanitized as if it were a food contact surface, which is something that no one wants to do, or they can they can do everything in their power to either stop the condensate altogether by controlling the humidity in, in that space or making sure that it's never dripping directly onto produce. I'll be completely honest. I'm pretty lazy. So I would take the never dripping onto produce. (laughs) Same. I mean, who wants to clean their ceiling? No one. No one. (laughs) That brings up, what does the produce safety rule say about food contact surfaces? Oh boy. (laughs) Uh, Well, the produce safety rule was not written to be super prescriptive because they still wanted farmers to have some freedom in the way that they do things. And so there is no like hard line in the sand when it comes to cleaning and sanitizing food contact surfaces. I think it only states something like it must be um, clean for the adequate uh, use. Section 112.123D1 
it says you must inspect, maintain, and clean, and when necessary and appropriate, sanitize all food contact surfaces of equipment and tools used in covered activities as frequently as reasonably necessary to protect against contamination of covered produce. That's really clear. In other words, who knows? Who knows? <laughs> I, so what do you tell growers? Um... So first, I always ask if they have a cleaning and sanitizing routine or frequency or schedule already in place. And if they say, oh, yeah, it's once a season, my answer is going to be dramatically different from someone who says, oh, I, I clean and sanitize after every single harvest day. If they're cleaning and sanitizing after every harvest day, I usually say that's perfect. That sounds like you're doing an adequate job. And that's generally what I recommend. If you can if you can try if you can do it after every harvest day, that's ideal in my mind. What do you say to growers? I think I what I first say is to start looking for grime. Start noticing if say your harvest bins or your harvest tools are getting, you know that like sheen, it's like a gray brown dullish color that that biofilm yeah like that biofilm color like there's a color Mm -hmm. difference on a lot of the equipment I see that as it's dirty it starts to maybe not change colors but it's dulls the surfaces Mm -hmm. um so I first want them to look for the the dirt to see that it's there so it's not just another thing that we're asking growers to do Um, And then I agree with you, getting on a cleaning schedule is definitely something that I encourage. So you know everything's being cleaned at the beginning or the end of each harvest shift or packing shift, or even for really small farms, um, maybe it's just once a week, but having that routine cleaning schedule that they're doing and sticking to, and then noticing when things are dirty and training their eyes to see that. Yeah, I think that that's that's a good way to look at things. And I will slightly amend uh, my previous statement that I do really only, I urge growers to clean every harvest day. I don't, I don't say that you have to sanitize each time because it's, that's not what the rule says. The rule just says um, when necessary and appropriate. And so in my mind, when what is necessary and appropriate for sanitizing is if a known contamination has happened. So if you know that poop has entered your wash pack, then you should do a full sanitize or blood or bodily fluid. Just to to take some of the load off growers, there's some growers who like to sanitize after every time they clean and more power to them. But that can get expensive. It can get expensive. And I'm not sure that it, if that's what the rule means by necessary. I feel like it's super farm specific. (laughs) Yeah, so I guess the produce safety rule is pretty vague. I think that's our bottom line here. But I think that's good. It allows growers to kind of tailor their operations to fit into what the rule requires and also what works for them. I agree. Yeah, I think that being non-prescriptive in most cases is a good thing. I totally agree. Um, We've talked about food contact surfaces. Um, What do you think about unintended food contact surfaces? Can you define what you mean by unintended? 
So those food contact surfaces that aren't like a packing table or a harvest bin or harvest tools, something that might unintentionally contact produce during those activities, but isn't not supposed to, but is kind of unintentional. Yes. So what comes to mind straight away from me is, and I'm guilty of this in my home garden, I'll be out, you know, checking on the garden and, oh my gosh, there's three ripe cherry tomatoes or there's, you know, two ripe zucchinis. I'm going to pick them real quick, but I don't have anything on me. So naturally I carry them up to the house in my shirt. I make a little pocket with my shirt and carry them up. So that's an unintended food uh, contact surface. Um, my shirt was never supposed to be a food contact surface, but now it is. Is, is that the kind of thing you're talking about? That is exactly the kind of thing I'm talking about. And I do that too. It's nice to know that. We're um, not alone. We're not alone. <laughs> My clothes are often unintentional food contact services. Yeah. And it's, you know, so it's different when it's your home use um, because I'm not selling the produce out of my garden, obviously. I'm just eating it and going to prepare it in my home kitchen and eat it with my family. On a farm, that's it's really different because the, that produce is going to be sold. And so that is a bigger deal. I guess I would just highly encourage farm workers or farm harvesters to not use that method um, and use the harvest bins that were intended to harvest crops in that situation. I agree. I also think it it kind of shows the importance of good personal hygiene yes. and like how important it is to wear clean clothes to work every day. Definitely. Because sometimes you might unintentionally like harvest something into an apron or a shirt. And if it's not clean, to me, it just, it again, shows how important personal hygiene is and how that part of the produce safety rule kind of ties in with other parts. Yeah. And I think that this is like a really important thing to talk about on farm, especially on smaller farms, I think that there's this mentality of like, oh, I'm a farmer, I'm supposed to be dirty. But really, we want to try to keep ourselves as clean as possible because that helps keep the produce clean. Yes. Here's another unintended food contact surface. What do you think about gloves? Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, uh, disposable or reusable gloves? Reusable gloves. Oh, so I think that reusable gloves can get so gross and dirty so quickly within within just like an hour of wearing them working on a farm. I feel like there's no good way to keep them clean. If a farm is promoting the use of reusable washable gloves... I think that that's fine so long as they have like a very stringent laundering policy and they don't let farm workers just like wear these dirty gloves over and over and over and over again. Yeah, I think for me, another kind of issue I have with reusable gloves is you can't feel if your hands are getting dirty. So it feels really hard to be able to monitor them. Yeah. while working 
Yeah, and then also there's the issue of where do you put them when you're when you're taking a break, like if you're taking your lunch break or if you're taking a bathroom break, are you taking those gloves into the bathroom with you and then not washing them and wearing them out again? I'd hope not. I hope they were stored somewhere that kept them away from contamination. I'd hope that there was a designated area where employees could put those gloves. Yeah, and same with aprons too. If a farm Ooh. farm workers are wearing aprons too, there should be a, a storage spot. And so, you know, there's nothing that says a farm can't use these reusable things. But there's extra, like, it's extra work, right? It's extra things for the farm manager, the farm owner to think about when implementing the use of these things. And so, you know, are do you have a a laundry service come and pick them up or are you washing them at home and how often are you washing them and how are you monitoring your workers to not take them home or to like use them properly not take them in the bathroom yeah yeah storage safe clean storage spaces for people to set them down while they're on break yeah it's a headache it's a whole headache it definitely takes a lot of consideration to use reusable gloves and be yeah. mindful. Although the disposable gloves have the same issue that you said, Micah, about, you know, you can't really tell that your fingers or your hands are getting dirty. I think there's a false sense of security, too, yeah. especially with reusable gloves, that, like, I am being safe and thinking that the gloves are the barrier when the gloves may not be the barrier to the produce or food contact surfaces. Yeah, and I think there's this misconception around gloves in general of like, oh, I have gloves on so I don't have to wash my hands. Yes. <laughs> I feel like I see that a lot with gloves, that gloves are the protection so hand washing doesn't have to happen. And it's just not true. No. A, a dirty hand in a clean glove is a dirty glove. Very true. You mentioned storage, Landon. Um what it made me think of are some another unintended food context services surface, uh, like knives, scissors, clippers, and how important it is to monitor those tools as well as like gloves and aprons, store them and keep them clean. Yeah, and I guess I view those types of things like those harvesting tools you're talking about. I view those as like a pretty common sense food contact surface more than an unintended but um because you're using it to touch the food to get it into the harvest bin to get it into the pack shed but absolutely the way that those are handled and stored and are they cleaned uh, do do you do you actually wash your harvest knives in between uses or do you just set them on the table until the next day you harvest. I think that those are great questions. And I have seen a lot of variation on how farms treat their harvest tools. I have too. And honestly, how harvest knives are treated to me is one of like the better indicators to like a cleaning and sanitizing um, program for food contact surfaces. What have you seen? I feel like when I show up on farms that um, have a like system in place for like the cleaning and sanitizing of those harvest implements, they're usually more aware of how important it is to 
um, clean other food contact surfaces. It just seems like if that grower is thinking about harvest knives, they're definitely thinking about other unintended food contact surfaces like aprons or gloves or, you know, something that could be zone two, like that washer switch or condensate on the ceilings. In your ideal dream farm, what do you see? What are the steps that farmers are taking to take care of their harvest tools in a way that keeps them clean? I like to see storage in containers with tops. Oh. Um, so they're definitely protected from any kind of environmental or, you know, animals coming in um, after like a, they're a clean box. So yes. after they're cleaned, uh-huh. after they're cleaned, they're put in a container until the next with a lid until the next workday. I feel like with every kind of scenario, having that cleaning schedule and having that eye for seeing if things are clean or not kind of like is universal in what it pertains to. So it's not necessarily the aprons or the gloves. It's just really getting a cleaning schedule down that is tight, that is effective for your farm and training yourself to look for when things are showing signs of being dirty and then cleaning them as needed based on what you see. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more, Micah. It's, I think it's all about creating that habit within yourself of like, of that light bulb switching on of like a contamination event has happened. I know exactly what needs to be cleaned. It's like making those associations in your brain so it becomes second nature. Yeah, and I think it's it's what you said. These events happen, so I know what to do. It's not like, okay, these are my unintentional food contact surfaces that I must check. It's kind of like evaluating the whole system and being able to like see and respond to scenarios. Yes, and making it easy on yourself in terms of what you need to get that done. So having cleaning supplies at the ready, like maybe maybe in a caddy you can carry around at different parts of the wash pack or like or maybe you've got multiple sets of cleaning materials located in in places that are going to make it easy to use and accessible and you don't even have to think about it. It's just you grab it and you clean it and you're done. Links to anything referenced in this episode are provided in our show notes, which can be accessed on the website at canr.msu.edu slash agrifood underscore safety. Thank you to everyone for listening, and don't forget to tune in next month for another episode of our Produce Bites podcast.